Welcome to So You Want to Talk About, a podcast where we have critical conversations in an intimate way. We're your hosts, Julie and Cambry. Hey. Hi. Guess what? What? George went blue again. <laughs> Two times. Very exciting. We are saving politics. Really, we're saving the world. We're saving the world. Yeah. That's the American exceptionalism that we bring to the liberal side of politics. <laughs> <laughs> so, on an unrelated note. On a very a, liberal unrelated note. Very liberal. So, you want to talk about? Guns. Yeah. Not on Ossoff's or Warnock's agenda, really. <laughs> Correct. A little bit odd, given the summer and history in America, but... Here it is. Let's talk about some history. Right. So a lot of people quote the Second Amendment as their right to... Have a gun. Mm-hmm. To shoot people. To do, to stand their ground. All of those things. Yeah, they really quote it as if it says, I Only. have the right to own a gun, use a gun, shoot someone if they come on my property. Have no repercussions. And then et cetera. Kill all black people. Right. Whatever. But we want to make sure we quote it exactly because, to be honest, all I thought the Second Amendment was the right to bear arms. But it's right. a little bit more involved than that. Yeah. So this is verbatim. From the document. It says, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So at least the way I interpret that. It starts with a well-regulated militia um, to keep people safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, a militia is generally created from people. It's not a government army. Yeah. So I think also it should be stated that this was written in the context of a tyrannical government. Yeah, this was written in the hopes that we would... um, kind of rid ourselves of a monarchy. Right. Or at least that we had. And so we just didn't, because it was on the heels of freeing <laughs> yeah. ourselves from them, I guess. We said we just became free of a monarchy or a tyrannical government. And apparently we don't trust ourselves to not be a tyrannical government. So let's put in this loophole just, just in, in case, case we decide to become tyrannical. The very thing we escaped. <laughs> Which is... Stupid ass. <laughs> Which is funny because I knew that like during that time people needed guns, right, in order to create a muskets. militia. Muskets. Let's muskets. Right. So muskets are, you know, they take ten minutes to load. Have you ever watched a video of people trying to like load and and put their little like you know pushy thing in and put the yeah. little ball in and then put the you know gunpowder in? All that time for you. Someone to Someone stabbed you. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> or a lot of time for you to say maybe I don't need to shoot this person. Or oh, they left, so we're yeah. good. They just walked away. Um and. The intent was to, um, if needed, which honestly, I kind of thought that there's a little bit of forethought there by the men that wrote this, which is, uh, we intend our government to be good, but shall it get skewed in some way? Right. Um, we, we really want the people to be able to, um, to ask for what they need and to be listened to. And if the only way to do that is to protect themselves, uh, then so be it. Well, yeah. And I also think America got its freedom through violence. Yeah. 
and it took everyone else's freedom through violence. So it only makes sense that it believes it has to take its own freedom back through violence. Um, I think as a concept, I think it's saying uh, people still need power if our government does wrong, which we can agree with. Yes. Um, so but the way I they, guess they're saying shoot them. <laughs> which, And when I think about it, they just didn't assume that people would advance and evolve. Like yeah. our guns wouldn't get better. Yeah, and they couldn't have seen that coming, of course. Couldn't they, though? Because they also lived in a time where no one had a revolver and now people had a revolver. And well, the way to solve <laughs> things was like by dueling. But think about <laughs> now. It's almost like if we were creating something right now, I can't think what the gun would look like in 200 years. I have no idea. But you'd imagine it to be more advanced. Um, I would. I would. More advanced than a musket, yeah. Right. So, and even then, like... If that would, if this were to be true now, you and I could not gather some friends and go against uh, our government. This is we the biggest lose. point that I need to make <laughs> that I think is so overlooked. So if this is for a well-regulated militia, also known as a large group of people that we've formed. That's not government. With revolutionary ideas and a revolutionary plan, apparently, um, being necessary to the security of a free state. So... We're basically saying we're going to gather a lot of people and go take on the government. To keep ourselves free because they're pushing, they're oppressing us. Right. So now picture this scenario. Picture Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump a year ago saying, you know what? We want to take away all freedom and liberty. Do you think that you can go out of your house and gather enough people and walk up to the White House with guns? Listen to us. And then say, we're going to overthrow the government. No, Do you think you can... Dead. What weapons do you think they have that they wouldn't just end your life before you even got to Washington, D.C.? Yeah, well, they'd probably be listening to know you're going to do it anyway. They would, yes. They would know <laughs> when you're on the way. It's not like in the years where you didn't, you had to find out by a pigeon telegraph. Ride by night. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a ridiculous thing to me to think that we need guns to take on a tyrannical government. I understand that concept, but it wouldn't work right now. It's impossible. It is. I mean, we are. We are taking out countries. Yeah, we wouldn't be at war <laughs> with anybody. It, it just doesn't. It, logically, it doesn't make sense for the intent now. So if that is our intent is to help people have a voice against a tyrannical government or to um, revolt against it and to protect their safety and their freedoms, then maybe we need to rework that Second Amendment because now that Second Amendment is totally skewed Um to the point where our our military is so big that we couldn't do any if they wanted to silence us they could yeah uh, and we saw that in the protests this summer yeah and that's how we do have power even though we're a democratic republic not a full democracy but um, we do have power in who we elect mm -hmm. and then who kind can of. somewhat right um, thank you for that caveat and who they then put in power underneath them who mm -hmm. they delegate to and that's where our power lies at least in a democracy. And so it appears that it lies there because I don't know that a lot of our representatives listen to us, but yeah, they don't. That's a separate, but they're thing. not tyrannical. <laughs> okay. Well, Donald Trump's <laughs> leaving, <laughs> but the point is, um, <laughs> if, it, if there was something that was to fit a mold more, um, resembling what today looks like, then I think it would be giving more power to people who are yeah, being able to take away the power. I agree. Figure like, uh, Kind of like in a contract, when you break the contract, you're now out of power. Yeah. Um, to me, there has to be something like that because 
a gun isn't going to work. Because I'm not going to pull up to the governor of Georgia and be like, listen. Yeah, I you mean. You didn't get free lunches to kids, bro? <laughs> Where's this vaccine, man? And then shoot him. That's a ridiculous thing. Like, I need everyone to leave. We're going to now occupy the governor's mansion, Stacey Abrams, Keisha Lance Bottoms. Before you even finish that sentence, you'd be dead. <laughs> yeah. And all your follow- all three of your followers. Shut up. There'd be more than three. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the reason we say that is now that it's now that we've kind of like taken it apart, uh, the only the only phrase that is used uh, that the NRA uses and that gun owners use uh, <laughs> is um, the right of a man or the people to keep and bear arms. And again, I, I think it's really important to remember that this was written at a time where only the only person that was people was a white man. Yeah, I'll never understand how that's hard for people to people really praise the Constitution. And um, I don't really get why. But also, it was written at a time when right now, women make up 52% of the world, and I think 51% of the United States. So it was written at a time when they weren't even people. Yeah, they weren't considered they had no power. It's so we're adhering to the rules of uh, owning people. Right. I don't understand why people no one thought maybe we should update this. We are continuing to go back to this rule of thumb for our entire... <laughs> Everything. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, and so when we think about people using guns for um, just in everyday life, you know, they have a gun, they have um, multiple guns. There's a t- statistic that says they're, um, for the amount of guns that are owned in the U.S., it's about two guns a person. I don't have a gun. So who has my two guns? <laughs> right. Um but that because of that, um, I, I looked up statistics. Um, the CDC came out with, uh, they do all these statistics every year about likelihood of death um, and cause of death, leading cause of death, et cetera. But that when they looked at homicides, there, 74% of homicides are caused by firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, and homicides are not, you know, first degree murder. They're anything from first degree to manslaughter. Right. So. of them are from a firearm. So if we could delete all those, I mean, how many more people? 74%. Yeah. So 26% are from other things. And you have to consider in there motor vehicle, um, you know, homicides from DUI, from, you know, homicides from accidental anything. And so. There's 18,830 people. Uh, I don't know if it's per 100,000 or per capita or per what, Hmm. but um, the proportion is 74%. Jeez. And in children. So for children, the um, leading cause of death is by car. So Uh any motor vehicle accident. Um, And again, I'm going to give these numbers as, um, think of them as proportions. So if if per thousand or per 100,000, it's, or sorry, per hundred thousand or more, it's four thousand. About four thousand die by car a year. Three thousand die by far, firearm. Okay, so the top is a car vehicle. Second is a is a firearm. The third is a malignant neo, uh, neoplasm, which has eighteen hundred. The what difference, is that? Uh, it, a malignant is like a like a tumor or something, right? Um, in their body. Oh. The difference in those numbers is so great, and the closeness in car and firearm is so small. 
And then it continued when you looked at the top 10, it just drastically, like exponentially went down. Right. Um, so again, firearm and car death are the highest leading, leading cause of death. And that's in children. So that's ages one through 18 years old. Children have no, obviously have no say in this, but this is just firearms. I mean, it could be for many reasons. It could be within the community, but it also could be firearms in your house. So you have a firearm thinking you're keeping your family safe, I guess, and then you just leave it out and your kid gets to it. And it could and shoots your other kid. It's very which brash happened. to say, but which yeah, of happened. course it's happened. And it can also be from mass shootings. And people don't consider that, but one gun, automatic rifle or assault rifle, could kill... 20 some people and yeah. or or hundreds of people and so those we don't have we're not going to talk a lot about mass shootings today but mass shootings are so common in the u.s um, just as a teacher for us to have constant drills and codes for that when i first when i was a child all we had were in california we had earthquake drills and we had fire drills and in kansas we had tornado and fire now as a teacher, I have to go through these trainings, how to protect my children, how to right. lock down. My kids go through it. Um, that is what they're growing up with. How ridiculous it is that we will go through all these drills and just accept that into our daily Normal. life instead of making any changes about the cause of why we're doing these drills. Yeah, do I? And when I think for parents, do you really want your kids? Is that what you want for your children? Do you think that you owning a gun is more important than them feeling safe at school. Right. When you talk about these communities, you know, like you said, some some of these are accidental shootings within communities, sometimes right there at school, et cetera. But I, I want to kind of talk about that because there are lots of people that talk about how certain communities are not seen as safe, that white communities are seen as safe and black communities are seen as dangerous. But I think it's really important to know that more gun owners are white than black by a lot so in here the statistics are that 36 percent of white people report owning a gun and about a quarter of black people report owning a gun now those might seem close however because the white population is so large 67 percent of the country whereas black people are 13 percent of the country maybe 12 so, right. So if you take those numbers, it's so minuscule, the amount of people, um, when you compare the two, 36% of 66% is a large amount of the U.S. population. And it's a large amount, just a large number of white people that own a gun. And I would, I would also say that I don't know the reason why a white person would necessarily need to own a gun. In a yeah. So that's pit peeve number two. <laughs> it's just frustrating and we've had many conversations mm -hmm. about this, that white men especially have this weird theory that everyone is out to get them. They have been the least oppressed in the world, in the Ever. entire world history. Mm -hmm. And yet they have the most conspiracy theories that the government's out to get them. They assume that people are out to, to burglarize them. their home and then kill them in the process. They just think that everyone, it's almost like they're looking for something to be oppressed by and so they will just create something. They'll think the government's lying to them. <laughs> And also the government's listening to them the coronavirus because they're so important that their accounting business is going to get, I don't even know what I'm saying. <laughs> what I do know is that it's just an absurd thought process. And that uh, has festered with them so long that they believe, strongly believe that they need to own guns more than anyone because someone's going to break into their house and take all their stuff and then kill them. Which, what are the odds? 
which the odds are not. One, um, 60% of burglaries don't have a weapon. So mm-hmm. if, if you and I were to be burglarized, most likely 50-50 um, chance that they'd have a weapon. Probably not uh, if you just look at the 60-40 split. Yeah. But of that, we'd have to be home to be harmed. Yeah. Um, and so the statistics are on this. And I pulled these statistics from the Bureau of Justice. So these are all police reports. These are not just like random people reporting that they've been burglarized. Someone on Facebook stats. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> if we are home, that likelihood of us being home when we are being burglarized is about 27%. Mm-hmm. So the likelihood of someone coming into my home, first of all, uh, is low. And then of that 27%, only 60% of them have a weapon. So that's still low. Mm-hmm. They, When they looked at these statistics, they said, if we're home and we are burglarized, about 26% of the time, someone is harmed. Mm-hmm. And that in total is about 7% of all burglaries result in someone being harmed, not killed, harmed. Right. And I, I don't know, but I would assume that it goes to intent. This yes. Is, this isn't criminal minds where someone is in the Atlanta area and searching us out and only going to kill white women with white hair. That No one is coming to murder me specifically, take me home and torture me in the basement and dump me in a river. That is not likely. It was dark, babe. <laughs> but but I, I know we've all had that feeling where we go to bed and we're like, oh, is someone in the house? Is someone... For sure. But, but the likelihood, I can't take away that fear. Yeah, and I think even though 7.2, it's still, it, it's possible... We're not saying it's impossible. It's just very, very unlikely. Mm-hmm. And you said harmed, not meaning killed. That could be a, a plethora of circumstances that cause that. There's some people who get burglarized and understandably they decide, I'm going to get in the way of this person. I don't have a weapon. They don't have a weapon. We're just going to fight. Right. <laughs> and then I'm going to hope to get my TV back. Yeah. It's worth it. $150. And I bet a lot of that is that. A lot oh. of that 7% is that. For sure. Um, so not to diminish it, but it is a very unlikely scenario. Yes. And I think it's important to note that because I think there are lots of times that like the NRA and gun owners in general will share statistics like, you know, two million people protect themselves with a gun every year. And that's just that is so inflated and inaccurate that it makes people afraid. Yeah. And so if that's the statistic is 7.2 is is, uh, someone being harmed in a burglary, then that small number should not be predicated on or utilized to justify two guns per household in the American public. Exactly. That's absurd. Right. And I don't even think it's enough to say that I should be able to have one to shoot again, to shoot if someone were to come in, because again, I have an NPR article, a link, but when you talk to people that are like gun experts, they Mm -hmm. will say that most people don't know how to shoot a weapon. So let's say hypothetically, I have a gun. I I know how to like load it and unload it, clean it, whatever. But um, someone comes in, one, I have to be willing to shoot, which I don't think I could because that's just how I am. But two, I have to also be able to shoot them, potentially a moving target. Do you think that most... Yeah, this idea that people are going to... Someone's going to burglarize your house and then you all of a sudden turn into Jason Bourne and you're like, all right, come on through. Headshot, headshot. headshot. <laughs> it's absurd. And I do think there's a there's a mental element to it of being able to, to end someone's life. I think back against the wall, you know, fight or flight with that in your hand, I think it's certainly possible and something else might take over. But just, to, it, you know, the likelihood of you 
looking at someone's back as they're leaving with something with in their your hands. Of your, right. It just doesn't seem like a likely thing that you can. Some people can. Some people are very well trained. And at that point, you rob the wrong person. But uh, for the most part, the, mo the American public, I don't think they have a lot of guns, but not everyone is trained on a gun and certainly not trained to shoot another person. And and I think that also goes back to the the reason that guns were created. So like, yeah, is this the government who is burglarizing you? <laughs> the tyrannical government. But also, the only use of a gun is to harm or kill. Um, a knife can be used to chop things. It can be used to um, open something. It can be used for a bunch of things. But the intent of a knife is not to murder or harm someone. Right. The only intent, the only use for a gun is to harm someone. And yeah. is that something we truly believe that everyone? in the world or the u.s should have right it just seems um it's the most dangerous weapon on the planet and we're just gonna give it out to everybody anyone mm -hmm. over 18 in a lot of cases just you can't even drink but you can go get you can go get the get most dangerous weapon on the planet you can kill your neighbor right and uh, yeah i'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole but i don't know it just feels like um this whole idea of when you ask people why they own a gun the two reasons are, and again, um, I'll link the article uh, because there's just so many, like the amount of statistics on guns is just staggering because we have so many. <laughs> yeah. And so many people use them out of context to, like you said, the NRA will use them to inflate. Well, they don't even use the correct statistic because they, like the, the NRA will talk about how um, people use it all the time to protect their home. You obviously need one to protect your home and criminals aren't going to the hospital because if you shoot them yeah. in the middle of a robbery, they're not going to go to the hospital because someone has to report them of a crime. First of all, not everyone's honest. You met an honest criminal. You someone going to come into your house and steal your TV and then get shot and go to the hospital and be like, yeah, I was in the middle of stealing. <laughs> or how about uh, it was an accident? What are they going to? How are they going to prove that otherwise? The doctor doesn't care. They're not sitting there waiting for you to answer the question before they take you back to the operating room. No, they, so that's a very dumb. And, uh, and doctors have an oath, right? They they have yeah, to um, treat you. They have to treat you. And and so for us to to think otherwise, like oh well, they have to make sure that we are the right person to treat first. No, that's not how that works. Right. Um, in fact, they'll probably ask you after. They'll treat you first and ask you after. And I think is shooting someone who's taking your TV. Is ending their life the worth of the value of your television? Yeah, and, and it makes me wonder. I understand trying to teach even your children um, some kind, I guess, some kind of self-defense or whatever. I don't know. But imagine if you shoot someone who's taking your TV. Their back is turned to you at this point. They're just walking out with something that, that is yours. Mm -hmm. um, so we and can't that deny can that. And that can feel a kind of way. For sure. Absolutely. And I can understand that. Um so you shoot them and your child just watched you shoot someone in the back for stealing a TV. If that's the justification you have for killing someone, that's what you want to teach your child? Mm -hmm. That if someone takes something that isn't yours or that isn't theirs, but is in fact yours, you can shoot them? I just find that to be um, very, like it's very easy for someone to read that as a lesson and say, all right, anytime someone, Billy took this toy from me. Pop. Right. And I have a gun at home. My dad has a gun at home. I know where it is because he, he teaches me, you know, how to shoot this or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I just think that it's it's so dangerous to you can't you have to have such an ego check when you have this thing in your house or on your person. And I think a lot of people know that. A lot of people are trained in this. But I would some say people some are, people are trained. Yeah, some people are. I guess it depends where you go. But a lot of people just carry it just to feel like they can't be harmed. And I do think And that's, that's full ego. And that's so I think that's really, you know, 
an important thing you just said, which is if I have a weapon that can end someone's life, I have to be in control of my ego because if I make this split second decision based on ego, that's bad. And it's someone's life. You changed an entire generation of people. Yeah, you've changed anyone that they're related to, anyone that they provide for, they support, whether it's emotionally or financially. And if I'm making that decision potentially based on ego, then in gun owners, I don't know this, but I'm going to make an assumption. You know, if someone owns a gun because they think they're going to be harmed, I think owning that is kind of pure ego. Yeah, yes. And so that's dangerous. And and I say this, I know we haven't talked about this, and we're not really going to talk a lot about this, but women are not more likely to be gun owners. You're more likely to be a gun owner if you're a man. And women are the victims of sexual and physical assault more than men. So if anyone should own a gun for feeling of needing protection and safety, it should be a woman. It would also make sense that black people would own more guns than white people because they've been harmed more often. But that's a good point because that ties into, if there's a community with a lot of... um, guns that's heavily black it's seen as very dangerous mm-hmm. it's south side of chicago they're like don't go there it's the most dangerous place in the, whatever but if there's a community of white people that has a lot of guns Same it's seen guns. as very safe mm-hmm. and they're doing the right thing so i think they usually fall i mean there is a race element to this but overall guns is, it, they just negatively affect all of yeah. us and not once still have i seen someone take on the government with them <laughs> not once Thanks for joining us this week on another episode of So You Want to Talk About. We hope we got you talking about it. There are a lot of statistics we talked about today. And if you're like me, you want to see the proof. You want to see the evidence. So I've linked a bunch of those articles uh, and statistics for you. See you next week.